Okay, so this is very exciting. We are starting Perkyavas. Now, we're actually not starting from the beginning. I'll tell you why. Every year, we start from the beginning, and then we get, we never get further than the Perkyavas. So what basically we started doing in Yeshiva was, every year, after Pesach, we learn Perkyavas, Kachi Minik Shal Klal Yisrael, we learn Perkyavas, which we'll discuss in a moment why. And we never get very far. So we do one Perk every year. So for the last few years, we've been doing Perk Aleph, Beis, and Gimel. This year, Mitzvah we're up to Perk Dalit. Okay, which is Gishmak, because many guys have Chavrusas learning Perkyavas, and they themselves don't get too far. And then all of a sudden, when it comes to like Perkyavas, they, they don't get there. It's like a guy that wants to learn Mishabura. So you have a state of Mishabura. How far do you get? Most people get to like seven Dalit, seven here, and then it goes like, okay, that's all you did. And you start it again and again. Right? So sometimes it's good idea just to move ahead. So we are starting from Perk Dalit. Okay? Now, before we start the Mishnah, to Kavaldiga Mishnah today, I'm not sure we're going to get to it today, but today maybe we'll do a bit of Akdama. Why do Kalali Sotaka learn Perkyavas between Pesach and Shavuos? Right, so there's an important understanding why. Perkyavas is what? Perkyavas talks about Midas Tavis. By the way, nowhere does it say really in Perkyavas, Mufurish, you have to have good Midas. In fact, nowhere does it say in the Torah either. But we know that Perkyavas is the safer Hamidas. It's the safer that talks about character traits, it talks about personality, it talks about a person enhancing his life, person becoming better, person growing. Growth in all areas is very important, and Perkyovis discusses that. Now, there's one of the most famous Shailas, which I think I talk about every single year, but really it's the first mission in Perkyovis. What is the very first mission in Perkyovis? Moshe Kibble Torah Messinai. And he gave it over to Aaron, who gave it to the Zakenu, and it went down the line all the way until what we have today. Rebbe to Talmud, Rebbe to Talmud, all the way till today. That's how the first mission of Perkyavis begins. Moshe got the Torah from Hasinai. What is the most asked question on that Mishnah? Is why is that in Perkyavis? Shouldn't it be in Masechtas Brochus in the beginning of Shas? You start Shas? Okay, where did this come from? Oh, by the way, it came from Moshe Rabbeinu, who got it from the Rabbeinu, and Hasinai, who gave it over to Aaron, and gave it over to the Zagin, who gave it over to all the Tamidim, and v'choli v'choli, we got it today, till today. That's the question. Why does Perkyavas start with something which should have started at the beginning of Shas? You start Shas, you open up Masechtas Brachas, boom! Where is this coming from? Moshe Rabbeinu HaSinai. Why Perkyavas? That's the Kasha. The Rav, Batanura, asks this question in the beginning of Perkyavas, and he explains as follows, and it's very, very important to realize this explanation. And he says like this, Every Masechtu in Shas goes through, or most of them go through, some of halachas, for example, Shabbos talks about halacha Shabbos. Erevin is an Erev, Sochem, Sochem, Megillah, Brachas, they're halachas. So to, for me to say that, you know, it came from Arsina, it's pretty obvious. Who else, apart from the Rabbi would have designed the halacha called Hilchus Boyre, that you cannot separate a, a cucumber from a, from a pepper, right? Only the Rabbi Nishlonim. <coughs> no one would have thought otherwise. When it comes to Perkyavas, what's Perkyavas all about? Midas Torahs. Having good Midas, having good character traits. <coughs> Excuse me. A person could have said, the rabbis came up with this one. This is not from Hashem. This is not part of Torah. This is the rabbis coming up saying, hey, you've got to be a better person. You've got to be working yourself. Come on, man. Straight away, as the Mishnah begins, Perkyavas, Perk Aleph, Mishnah Aleph. Moshe Kibble Torah Misinai. You should know that just like Mesechtas Brachas and Mesechtas Shabbos and Mesechtas Erevin and Mesechtas everything came from Arsinai, so did this. So did Perkyavas, which is working on your character. Okay, so that's why it's important to learn Perkyavas and that also explains why we learn it now. The time between Pesach and Shavuos is a time of growth. 
We may discuss that a bit more tonight. But it's a time of growth. Growth, yeah. Growth happens all year. We should be doing growth. We should be growing at all times. However, there are certain times that are more specific for growth. At the time between Pesach and Shavuos is a time that is specified of more growth. A person can grow more during Pesach and Shavuos than any other time during the year. Why? Because Klal Yisrael themselves grew from Pesach to Shavuos. How do we know that? Very simple. Because when Klal Yisrael left Mitzrayim, when they left Egypt, they were on basically the last level of Tumah. They were almost at the point of no return, which means they were in a very, very bad state. Within seven weeks, we're going to say this tonight, when, in seven weeks, they became almost Nevi'im. Almost, they were able to cover Yachos Sidur Shalom, almost. Now that's a very high level. How'd they jump? That normally takes years and years of hard work and effort. To, but that the Rabbani Shalom gave them Kvitsa Saderech. The Rabbani Shalom gave a special Siyat Dishmaya that between Pesach and Shavuos, not only in that year, when Chal Yisrael left Mitzrayim, but who I did every single year, there is the same Siyat Dishmaya. Perkyovas is a limud of working on yourself, of growing, of becoming a better person. What better time is there for such a limud than the time between Pesach and Shavuos? That's why Klal Yisrael have a minute to learn a perik a week. Um, and again, like I said, what we're doing is we're doing perik dalit simply because it takes us a long time because we spend, you know, one or two shurim per mishnah. And therefore it takes us time to really understand it, really go through it and try to live it. And like I always say, when we learn these shurim, it's not just about hearing it. Oh, that was such a nice shi, Rabbi, thank you so much. And then moving on with life. The idea is to try to implement it. The idea is to try to put it into your life, to think about it outside the share so that you should gain from it not only just the ideas of knowing what the Mishnah means, but try to implement it in your life. So that is Prokyovas. Let's begin with the first Mishnah in Perak Dalit. Kavaldika Mishnah, it's a huge Mishnah. We're not going to finish it all now, but I'm going to give you at least the Mishnah. Um, and then we will, I guess, take it from there to figure out, uh, you know, how long it's going to take us to do this Mishnah. There's a lot to discuss. When there's this mission, I want to actually come from a few different points um, and a few different perspectives to really try to understand this Mishnah in a big way, okay? So let's start like this, okay? Everyone's familiar with this Mishnah, and I think most of Mishnayas and Perkyovas, I think everybody's familiar with them, heard him, a lot of them are songs, so we know them, but it's Kedai to understand it from a little bit more than a superficial level, but from a deeper level, from a more of an understanding from Musa and everything else. Let's begin, Rabbi Sai. Perik Dalit, Mishnah Aleph. Ben Zoyma Oimeh. What is the definition of a wise person? Someone that learns from everyone. A lot to discuss. Okay, we'll discuss. Next. What is a strong, what is a mighty person? Not someone that's able to lift weights, but rather someone that's able to suppress, someone that's able to overpower his Yitzhahara. Again, we'll discuss. Who's a rich man? Who's a wealthy person? Someone that is very happy with what he has. Again, a lot to discuss. What is someone? Who is someone that's respected? What's a respected person? Okay, so that is the Mishnah in a nutshell. And uh, the truth of the matter is, straight away, before we even get into the explanation of this Mishnah, we see how different the value of Torah puts on things than the value of what the secular world looks at things. Just, uh, you know, just on, on surface value. 
when we would tell a secular or a non-Jewish person, what's a chacham, what's a wise person? I'll tell you, what do you mean? A guy in Princeton University, a guy in Harvard, this guy's a big professor, he's a chacham. Whereas the mission is telling us, no, no, that's not the definition of chokhmah, of wisdom, but rather it's the definition of someone that has the ability to learn from other people and everyone, which we will discuss what that means. And again, the same thing goes down the list. A, a gibo is a mighty person, a strong person. I would have said the strongest man in the world. The person that could work, you know, lift up the biggest car, the biggest weights, whatever it is. That guy's a gibo. But again, the Torah has a different look. And I think before we even get to the explanation, and there's a lot to get to, we have to understand that that the Torah's perspective on many things is very different to a layman's, to anyone else's perspective. To take this on a whole new level, the Gedolim look at things with Torah lenses. That's how Gedolim look at things. And as well, again, like I just pointed out to you, if I would ask a regular person who never learned Perkyovas before, never heard any Jewish songs, to quote Perkyovas, say, what's an Osher, what's a rich person? Nobody in a million years would ever answer someone who's satisfied with his lot. What are they going to answer? The richest person. All these sorts of things, right? Definition of rich, I hear. It could be, you know, debatable. But the basic idea is most people have a perspective of rich means you have a lot of money. Right? Maybe you don't have liquid money. Maybe you have cars and yachts and boats and whatever. But you have the ability to get money, to have money, power, whatever it is. Again, the tourist perspective is different. When you go to a godel with a shaila, when you go to das Torah, What's the pshat? You can't answer it on your own. And by the way, this is something that often people don't understand. Why are you going to a rabbi to ask such a shayla? You can't answer it yourself. You don't know how to answer your own shayla. Not your baby. You have to go to ask someone to hold your hand. Why do you go to das Torah? Why do people go to gedolim? Why do people go to rabbonim? The answer is because you want the Torah's perspective on what you're doing. Every single one. And by the way, we've gone completely on tangent with the mission. Not what the mission is talking about, but I just want to bring this to your attention because I think it's so loud. Before we even get to the explanation, we'll do that tomorrow. But before we get there, you can immediately see that the Torah's values are totally different to how a regular person would look at it. That's that's Torah. That's why a person goes to a godel. That's why a person goes to a rov. Because you get a different perspective. The perspective you get is not your personal perspective. You know, just to give a small example, you want to know if you should take a certain job. Right, so somebody called me recently, and he had two job options. He had job option, uh, a job option number one and number two, and he explained to me the differences between them. Right, and we went through it. Now, somebody who doesn't understand Torah and Das Torah and Rabbonim, whatever, would say to him, what, "What are you doing? You don't go to a rabbi for that. For that, you go to a job expert. There's probably names for these things, right? People that are experts and telling you what you're good at, what you know, what you could do well. I'm sure there's professional names, right? Anybody know what it is?" No, 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 no. There's people that specifically, that they're specifically in job. Oh, whatever it is. The point is that you go to a guy like that. Why are you going to a rabbi? Why are you going to a rabbi for that? It's not the type of thing. The answer is very simple. Because when we, huh? Career coach, very good. That, that many times when we look at things, we look with our perspective. And by the way, we're all biased. Every single one of us are biased. Because we're biased to the way we want to look at things, you know? Just take a small example. Should I come back to another year to Yeshiva? Now, we're all biased, right? Because, I don't know, the food in America is better, and the mattresses are better, and like, you know, that's football, and the sports, and there's so much going on over there. What do I have over here? I hear. That's a wonderful perspective, but that's your perspective. What is the perspective of the Torah? What would the Torah want to say? What was Ki'ilu the Rabbi Nishlan want to say? Okay? Sometimes he would say to go home, and then not to come back. I'm just giving you an example. But the reason to ask the Shaila is because you get a different perspective. Okay, now often we're scared of that perspective, 
Right? You've all heard from me what my Rosh Hashiva Zatzal used to always complain about with Scheinberg Zatzal. He used to complain about people that would come to him with a shayda with a spoon. Right? The spoon, it's a ben and it went into a pot of cholent, and I don't know, there was shishim, they spent 20 minutes on the spoon. How much does the spoon cost? Well, it cost half a shekel. I'll buy you a new spoon. But how come, when you have a shayla of real shayla, of should I move back to Chutzaretz? Should I get this job? Should I marry this girl? Should I send my kids to this school? Whatever it may be, that you decide on your own. That you don't go to a rov. For a half shekel spoon, you're busy for 20 minutes. You have 20 minutes of your life doing that. Oh, but when a real life decision, no, what does he know? Well, you think a rabbi knows these things. That's not how it goes. Again, what you see from the Mishnah over here is a very clear Yusait. And that's why I'm pointing this out. And again, it has nothing to do with this Mishnah. Tomorrow we'll get to the Mishnah. But it has to do with the following. The Torah's look on things are very different to our look. Okay, just like if I would ask you, who is someone that's a respected person? Most people would answer, a rich person, a person with power, a nice person. All sorts of answers you would give of a respected person. Which person would say? Someone that respects somebody else. That's an amazing thing. Now we have to understand, why is it that if you respect somebody else, you are a respected person? Why is it that you're satisfied with your lot, you're a rich person? We'll have to discuss that, and there's a lot to do. But before we get anywhere, Rabbi Isai, again, the Torah values are very different to many of our values. Because we've grown up in a world, in an environment, where we've unfortunately been subject to so much of the outside world, of the secular world, of Hollywood, of everything that so much of it is fake. And therefore, often our vision gets distorted. We need the Torah to bring our vision back to where it's meant to be. And that's what our Rabbonim, our Rabbis, our Gedolim, our Tzaddikim, our Manhigim are all there for. They're there to guide us and steer us in the right direction. Not to say, what do they know? What do they understand? They understand they get Siyat HaDashmaya and they've heard it all before as well. So they have a lot of experience. But to realize that the Torah's look is different. Now, Mitzvah, tomorrow, we're going to actually go through the Mishnah one by one to explain where this is coming from and explain each shlav of the Mishnah one by one.